another episode of the all things blues and southern rock podcast as always we're so thankful for everybody for downloads and for participating on the facebook page sharing music with us also uh always with me is jason what is going on man howdy man uh, it's good night how are you doing we're good we're good we're very good so uh, i guess what we got to talk about is the big news that uh Sven Pippian has rejoined Chris and Rich in the Black Crows, and uh, there's a lot of like uh, a lot of buzz and energy going on, and all our social media websites that we participate in. Uh, let's get your comments. What do you think? I love it because Sven is not only a great bass player, but uh, he did a lot of backing vocals and does a good job with the harmonization. So bring them as many as those guys they can get. I, I tell you, I was a little disappointed. To hear they were going out just as brothers originally, mm-hmm. not with anybody else from the band, you know. So this makes me a little happier. Spins a good dude. It's a good gig for him, well deserved. Um, and I, like, it does make me a little more excited to see him. I have tickets to see him in August in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to it. We'll, we'll see what other news comes out here because we do have connections <laughs> in the Black Rose world. Who one alerted us to the spin thing before it was yeah. announced and supposedly there's another story to come we'll see yeah, what i guess we'll see and david i have no clue what it is us anything we don't even get vip vip we don't info, man it's they're teasing like, they're us teasing us, us. they're it's teasing us. us it yeah. better be good leaving us in the lurch hey <laughs> you tell us um no it's uh great to when you know listen to sven when those guys hit him on 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 uh state of a couple weeks ago and so, yeah and, uh, great interview yeah and it really kind of sounded like he had a tough time like you know with magpie ending and at that time probably well those guys got screwed in magpie yeah, let's well, let's not I mean, let's not be delicate about yeah, it they right. got hosed um and probably at that point well i don't know maybe he knew then or not but about you know he also mentioned that though his you know his main band that he was always in is you know not going to be a possibility again but apparently those things changed and it 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 does, you know, it, you know, the fact that Chris and Rich are working with George Acrulius again and it spins in, it's, it's kind of sees a little warmth there of like, you know, not shutting the door on all the past. You know, I, I, I personally, I'm, I'm not holding my breath for Gorman and Mark. I just, you know, and it, I know people have a lot of fun talking about that and Hey, they're, you know, I mean, they're going to be the next guy is Mark, you know, and, but uh, you know, well, with Mark, you know, as I've said, I was in that, chat with him after one of his shows he is not not a fan right now because he's right. rich has sort of hosed him three times i think with twice with the black crows and once with magpie so i think it would take a lot to get that relationship back on yeah, track right and we had gorman on and spoke to him he's super happy where he is in yeah, life he's yeah. the trigger hippie he loves what he's doing in nashville he loves so 
I don't know if he's, I don't think his, he wants, he wants to get back in that drama again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what story David, we all want to see him like, right. Like all the fans, like dude, Gorman is the backbone of that band, but like real realistically think I don't see him coming back. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if, even if you got Joe Magistro, if you got Luther, I still need to think about it a little bit, but that, well, what do you that, think that, that news that, is that they're holding back from us oh, right who now? Knows? I mean, another know, guitar player, like, yeah, I mean, who knows, you know, it, it, he's, I don't know. Yeah. Jeff cease returning. <laughs> for the first. <laughs> he played, he, he's one of the first album. Yeah. You know, he probably, you know, does he make more money with Jeff? With, uh, I think he's, with, I think he's doing okay. Church? I think, I think he's doing all right. Yeah. yeah. I think, I don't know if he needs to get back in that either. I think doing he's doing good fine. with Cheryl Crow. So, yeah, man, that's a great gig too, man. What what a great performer she is, and like, man, I love Oddly. I loved him when he was with As the Crows Flies or um, Cry of Love, and I love him with Cheryl Crow. It was real. I mean, what? Why would he give that up? Yeah, and I'm. Far, I don't know. Far too deep in Blackberry Smoke to really kind of like speculate on what's going to go on with. Yeah, with you know, it, and like I love Black Crows, still my favorite band, but like this day and age, a lot of the stuff that they're doing have been doing it just makes you less enthused yeah. about stuff you know love the music but like it's it definitely downgrades the experience or the or the fun i'll say i, I like trigger hippie like right now more than with the you know probably what the crows are gonna do um but i'm going to the show so i'll see speaking of trigger hippie they played a show this last sunday at third lindsley lindsley or lindsay third in nashville i think lindsley sounds right third i don't know lindsley in nashville and our friend from the Amorkins, uh, Seth went to the show. He uh, did. We're going to talk to him later this week. And yeah, yeah, Seth's going to come on and let us know what that experience is all about and give us a breakdown and firsthand experience. And I'm excited by that. And then um, Seth and his band, the Amorkins, a tribute to the Black Crows, are playing two nights in Atlanta this coming weekend, too. So if anybody listening is in the Atlanta area, go on the website, check them out. They do a good job playing the Crows. They don't imitate the crows, don't dress like them, but they play the songs and do them justice. And now that is the event in which David will unveil, 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 lamb. Reveal? Veal. (laughs) Are you hungry? Is it dinner time? I'm actually not. I just had dinner, but. Reveal. What is it? I still have to take speech. And we're going to miss it. You're going to be in North Dakota. I'm in Ohio. I've got like. Saturday night, my son's graduating from high school. This Thursday, my daughter turned 16. So I'd like big life events I can't like run away from. Well, David might eat veal, but he is going to reveal, reveal. some top secret info that we and good enough for. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what it is. You gotta yeah. go, you gotta go to the show, the, the Morgan yeah. show to see what it's um, all about. So Trigger Hippie, we know uh, they were already covering end of the road by the pretenders and they played or middle of the road sorry and also sledgehammer by peter gabriel that would be interesting with their own arrangement right that would that i mean i would like to see if amber plays sax on that that would be super cool for sure i want to see it live please come to columbus or come somewhere close to me in ohio so i can see you play please steve please come on i know you're listening to all the podcasts now since you're on it we also have a quick hitter this week with uh, one and only Drew Fulton, lead singer Magnolia Bayou, on uh, their new single "Train Don't Stop." We're looking forward to that, and also the "Train Don't Stop" when it comes to uh, Southern rock. 
not only being in the South, but being elsewhere, you know, in the bigger cities, you know, we got the Steepwater Band in Chicago. And uh, we've already talked to um, Jane Lee Hooker out of New York City. We've talked to Rob Clarez, who was also, you know, in Lizzie and the Makers, besides his own uh, split second meltdown. But uh, we talked to uh, a really good, cool guy out of New York City as well. And uh, why don't you tell the listeners who they're going to hear about? Yep. Scott Lano from the band Ten Ton Mojo, who Brian and I discovered watching the Arlene's Grocery Benefit uh, for our friend Shane Lee Hooker. Ten Ton Mojo is a great straight ahead rock band, rock and roll, blues, blaze rock, hard rock. Oh, they're just. They're cool guitar lead bands. players. Like they've got the harmonies going on, singing. It's great. It is this new single that they have which is in parentheses but i just call it um stop getting off it's great check it out it's on all the streaming services um like you'll see what it's all about man like as soon as i saw them on that stage i was like they look like rock bands and when they perform i'm like yeah they sound like a rock band like they really suck out to me very straightforward very rough and tumble um and no surprise to us you know he's talking you know about his influences and talks a lot of zeppelin a lot of Zeppelin, you can hear it. And like, what better way to be influenced if you're a guitar player or rocker than Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin? And he talked about the Black Crows too. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I know your favorite bands are the Black Crows and Led Zeppelin. You are right, sir. Those are my two favorite bands. I, like, I could go on the rest of my life just listening to the both of those bands. <laughs> and you got Kiss, and yeah. you've got Skinner yeah. or the Stones. Stones. So was oh. it Kiss and the Stones? No. Um, the Stones, Tom Petty, well, let's go in order. Okay. Uh, you know, of all time, the Black Crows, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and the Stones. And not Blackberry Smoke. Not, the, not Kiss, you've talked about them so I, many times. The first record I ever bought was Kiss Alive 2. Hey, I like the first two Kiss records. The first one, self-titled and Hotter Than Hell. Okay. And then it just kind of like went silly after the that. The Stones, Petty, Crows. Black not in that order, but like favorite band. Yeah, about like that, yeah. Where's Blackberry Smoke fit in? Where are they? What? Where's Where's Blackberry Smoke fit in right now? Are your number one at the moment? Well, and current, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, obviously, well, you can say the Stones are current, but as my buddy Kev says, like they're a museum band. But uh, you know, Tom Petty's no longer with us, and you know, depending upon who you talk to, you know, you know, with the Crows, you know, there's a debate if they're actually the Crows or not. But yeah, as current, Blackberry Smoke is in just a complete pantheon on their own best live band out there right now yeah yeah but yeah uh you guys will really enjoy this uh uh you know this chat with scott lano from 10 ton mojo just like you enjoy everything and so having said that i won't say anything else but just uh enjoy our chat with scott lano from 10 ton mojo out of new york city
Welcome to the guest segment of this week's episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. We've told you who's with us in uh, the intro, but as always, we uh, I throw this over to Jason to introduce the guest. Thanks, Brian. It is my pleasure to introduce tonight a guitarist from a New York City band, one that you and I have run across uh, following another New York City band that we've had on the podcast. Everybody, welcome Mr. Scott Lano. How you doing, Scott? How you doing, guys? Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah. for being on, dude. And that's a beautiful scene behind you. We were talking a little uh, bit before we rolled, man. Yeah. Gorgeous. Right on, man. Yeah, we're up here in the uh, about an hour north of New York City, up in Putnam County. It's a place where the band does a lot of rehearsing and, and uh, you know, a lot of inspiration for our tunes, songwriting. You know, get away from the city for a minute, but we also still love the energy in New York City, which is a big part of our sound as well. Sure. I'm almost inspired to grab one of those guitars off my wall and just like write some songs looking out your back uh, window. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, we, we sit up in this room a lot and, and we do a lot of that up here. It, it's been a real it's been a real great uh, inspirational kind of place for the band. Is that a sure. good balance, you know, from being in the city and then being out rural? Is that kind of balance everything I, off nice? You know, I, I think it is. And you know what? It was a complete accident. Wasn't wasn't planned at all. You know what I mean? You you listen to our stuff. You know, we've got some heavy stuff, some stuff that's got the energy of, of uh, you know, New York City, where a lot of us were born and raised. But then somehow, even though we're a New York City band, we've got this real love of Southern rock. And 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 it's it's in our music, it's, you know, somehow. We don't have any Southern born folks in the band, you know, um, but we're we love that stuff and it comes through in our writing. It does. You know what yeah. I mean, what I forgot to do, Brian, on the intro is mention you're from the band Ten Ton Mojo. Right. <laughs> it's probably right. important to everybody, although we've yeah. already introduced you, but yeah, you're from the really cool New York City band. Ten Ton Mojo. And, yeah. and Brian, like, I think, let me know if this is for you, but the first time I saw you guys play, we were watching the Arlene's Grocery Benefit show last right. year because our buddies, Jane Lee Hooker, who, you know, who the Breeze, you know, who'd been on oh, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Checking the name. You guys came on and I'm like, who are these guys? Like, they look like yeah. a, a rock band. They sound great. You guys really yeah. stood out as one of the performers that caught my eye in that. Well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. But yeah, we, we definitely, when we love Jane Lee Hooker, we're huge fans and we love performing alongside them. Uh, we've done several shows with them and they've all been tremendously successful. And not only that, but really fun because I, I love watching them. Um, but yeah, we, we had that sound, you know, when we got together, we talked about um, – just being true to the things that we loved musically. And this is where we landed and it's real. You know, we didn't, like I said earlier, none of it was planned. It, it, it happened because five guys, you know, had, had that, that vibe going and uh, keeping it going, you know, <laughs> keep it going. Yeah. You know, Brian was the first time you caught these guys on that benefit or yeah, did you know of them yeah, before? Absolutely. Because they're, uh, you know, we've been chatting with Tracy and she's had been posting about this Arlene's grocery benefit. And at the time I didn't realize it had already been pre-recorded. I'm like, well, what time are you guys on tonight? You know, and I kind of figured that out. And then we were both watching it. We're like, we both said at the same time, like there was only really one other band that really struck our fancy as far as this kind of music. And that was you guys. So it, it's so awesome when you find out about a band through another 
another band. Yeah. And you start to see, you know, I, I, we're always curious about where bands are from. Like, is there, can, do you call it like a scene? Well, I would, yeah, I would say for sure that New York City still has a pretty vibrant music scene. Um, I, I think you would find that most major cities have some kind of scene. You know what I mean? But it's the influence of the bands and, and um, the influence on the bands of what type of, of material they're pumping out. Obviously, us and Jane Lee Hooker have some a lot of things in common. And that's why we, we played together quite a bit. There's probably other bands on that bill that were maybe a little bit of a different genre. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you'll still see we have, you know, a good 10, 15, maybe 30 local bands that are, you know, pretty professional and pretty good bands that are making up the New York City rock scene right now. Now, obviously, we had this ridiculous pandemic, which put a big haul to live music, but we're coming back. Um, I think I think New York said July 1st, we're going back to live stuff. And by September, we should be at full capacity at some of these clubs, no more live streaming. We can all hang out and rock out. And, you know, I think it'd be really great for the bands and also for the fans because, you know, we all want to be out having fun. I think it's close. I just read the New York release today with like masks, pulling masks off for vaccinated people and a lot of restrictions starting to go away. Yep. And Broadway is going to be open for full capacity. That's right. Yeah. The Great White Way. I know it's not rock and roll, but it's still, you know, it's live it's performing. Show yeah, you know, and it's a bit better than sitting a, on our ass watching from our computer. It's a big one, and slowly but surely, I'm seeing some tours come out. I saw Me today. Too. Alice Cooper with Ace Fraley is going Alice to be Cooper with Ace Fraley. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a interesting you know, tour, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, let's see some tours. You know, let's see some bands. Hopefully, Tenta Mojo will be opening for some of those bands. Yeah, you know, yeah. So let's go into more detail, like how you got your start in music, and then we'll lead into the you know more of a detailed uh, explanation of how Ten Ton Mojo came together. Right. So I, I guess as a young, you know, a young boy, I was interested in guitar. Uh, first band I ever loved was uh, Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin. I thought he was yes. probably. I was like, hey, that's a job. That's a cool job. I think I could do that job. You could wear dragon up. pants yeah. and a wizard yeah. coat and like play yeah. rock music. <laughs> yeah, take, yeah, I think that'd be a great job for me when I grow up. So I worked on that real hard. And, uh, you know, and I've been playing ever since. My real love is classic rock. Of course, like any other artist, I went through my punk rock phase, my heavy metal phase, and I loved it all. But when Ten Ton Mojo got back together, it was right back to the classic rock thing and right back going back to the roots, the blues-based rock roots, you know, whether it be that Southern rock feel or just the straight up, you know, humble pie, you know, early Zeppelin, late 60s, early 70s blues. It was really the heavy blues yeah. influence on their music. Yeah, I could even mention a band like Savoy Brown, which, wow. was, which was a lot of people yeah. going which is like a really heavy blues sound for the late sixties, early seventies. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, and then of course our singer, Dave, you know, he brings the black Oak, Arkansas and the Ronnie Van Zant and the Greg Allman. And it all just kind of falls in into the 10 ton mojo sound, you know, Scott. So how old were you when you started playing guitar? 
Uh, I was probably, I, I think I first picked up the guitar when I was about eight or nine years old. And then, like most kids, I, I put it down for a while. And I picked it up in earnest when I was about 14. Okay. Yeah, picked it up and, like, really started doing the hard practicing and, and running the scales and, you know, putting a good six hours to eight hours a day into being a guitar player. Were you self-taught or did you take lessons? I took lessons in the beginning. I took some formal lessons early on. I joined band in high school, which kind of gives you like a little bit of theory. Yeah. There's, not a lot, there's not a lot of great guitar parts in band. In <laughs> it's mostly about the horns. Right. So you know, right. I just kind of sat, just kind of sat there and, you know, but, you know, you learn, you learn your theory that way. And, 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 uh, you know, you get a little bit of background that way. So when somebody calls out a chord or a change or a thing, you know what they're talking about, you know? So was there like, are we understanding there's two phases to the band? Right. Yes. The band first started with, uh, Ern Pap on vocals, Gabe Barra on guitar, Fernando Rosario on bass. We did a record right away. We wrote those tunes pretty early on. Um, and we put the record out. And that record was there for a good two to three years. And then unfortunately for Tentel Mojo, we had some member changes. And that's where things got kind of hard for us to release new music because we weren't sure who was going to be in the band. We had had some kind of hired guns who were just filling roles but weren't permanent members. So it really took a while to get to where we are now, where we have a permanent lineup of guys who are committed to Ten Ton Mojo. So we had a little, we had a, a little bit of a rough time there where we really couldn't put out a lot of original music as a result of just having member change after member change, you know. But uh, over the last two years, we've solidified the lineup with Dave Anthony on lead vocals, Christian Riomoto on uh, second guitar, lead guitar, along with me. And of course, me, Chris, and Paul have been here uh, and uh, part of the original band. So that's where we're at now. We're finally feel settled and ready to move on uh, with these bunch of singles, which we did with Max Norman, and uh, also a single we did with Matt Starr, who happens to be the drummer for Ace Fraley. Oh, the tour, right on. Yeah, the tour we were just talking right about. On. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. All coming together. It's all coming together. Yeah. So, you know, six degrees of one rock star or another, right? <laughs> is that first album, Ten Ton Mojo, the one with that original lineup? Yes, it is. Okay. okay. Yeah, that is the one with the original lineup. The stuff that's coming out now would be the second lineup, which is Dave Anthony and Christian on guitar. Um, and we've got a bunch of material coming out. We should be putting a single out almost every month or so until we release the whole album later on in the fall. And your first single is um, the uh, Stop Getting Off, right? came yep. out May 1st. Yes, it did. It came out May 1st, uh, Stop Getting Off, I'm Breaking My Heart. Um, mixed and mastered by Max Norman, the great Max Norman. You know, Ozzy, Megadeth. Was a, talk about School of Rock. It was, like, amazing to be in the studio with a guy like that. And uh, songs out, yeah, so all over social media, whatever you want to grab it and see and hear it. Uh, this past Sunday, we were on Sirius Satellite Radio with Dave Marsh. Um, song kind of debut, debuted on uh, Sirius Satellite on Sunday. So like Channel 106, back. I think, whatever that station yeah. name is. But yeah, yeah. Channel 106. Yep. It's, called, it's, it's called Kick Out the Jams. That's you know, right. Yep. Yeah, Dave, Dave Marsh, uh, you know, 
editor of Cream Magazine, writer for Rolling Stone. So, of course, the band is just completely over the moon that he uh, decided to play our track. You know, we're really, really honored and proud of being a part of that show. It's got a really good sound. Like, it's got a heavy sound, but it's got that good southern rock, like, dual guitar sound, and it's polished. It sounds modern yet retro at the same time. Well, thank you. I think that's something that, uh, you know, that's why we call ourselves the new classic rock. You know, we've got the influences, but we have the modern production and feel of contemporary musicians. So how, now, how do you uh, hook up with Max Norman? And- uh, Max Norman was friends of a friend. Uh, he had heard about us as a band. And of course, we knew who he was. Uh, and uh, we actually got to talking one night. You know, we kind of bumped into each other, uh, partially over social media, but also in person. And he came to see the band at the Gramercy Theater one night when we were playing with Tommy London. And uh, he loved what he heard. Oh, Tommy and- London, doesn't he host the show on, on Sirius as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy is a... Is does a couple different ones. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's, and he also uh, throws parties in and around New York. And we, we do a lot of shows with Tommy. So we were, we were playing with him that night. And Max was backstage and we got to talking. And we were like, you know, we should do some recording together. And uh, he was like, yeah, that would be great. And we just started working together. We got along. He liked the music. We liked him. It was, you know, it was great. Really great. How, how does that work these days when you're going in the studio without, you know, the record sales? And it's not only for you guys, but any band for that matter. Well, you know, there's a lot of money missing from the music business, obviously, as far as, you know, budgets are concerned for bands to, to, to hire people like Max or be in a studio for X amount of time. So, I mean, for us, the way it works is we use the people that we know. Um, we use, you know, whatever revenue we have. I mean, I, I guess our both, our biggest resources are time and, and whatever money we have. And uh, we try to plan it as best we can. Now with social media and everything that goes on, you can release the stuff on your own and still reach a lot of people. Um, so that's pretty much where we're at with our music right now. We're doing it on our own, but we're lucky enough to be able to attract talent like max norman and matt star to uh to to work with us and we're, we're honored to work with those guys Did those guys also record your other singles that you guys are going to start releasing in subsequent months absolutely we've got a couple coming out with max and we have the one with matt star that'll be coming out later in the year and then uh after that we will release those songs as well as others on, on our album What's the, what's kind of the sound of the rest of the album? Is it kind of like your first single? Is it different kind of genres? Um, it's, a, it's it's typical Ten Ton Mojo. We've got some stuff. We got it's all blues based rock. Some of it's a little bit more southern rock than the others. Some of the stuff we're still playing in our set. You might have heard a song called Carmelita, a song called Ninety Nine Pounds of Soul, um, a song called Bad Love. So we're performing those songs now. We just haven't released them as singles. So you come down and see the set, you'll hear what it's about. But it's 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 definitely pretty much what you guys heard on that Arlene stuff. You know, it's all still there. And uh, we're looking forward to getting it out to the world this year. You know, post-pandemic uh, party music for the world. <laughs> post-pandemic <laughs> party music for the world. You know what? That's yeah. a genre I can really get into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, this is a new podcast, Brian. Post-pandemic yeah, party music like for the world. That would be good. That would be good stuff. 
did American Honey, did that come out before this batch of songs? You know what? It actually did. It came out as an in-betweener between the first album and this. And it's funny because if you listen to the lyrics, it's still relevant today. You know, it's it's a protest song, really. It's about loving your country, but also being ever so slightly disappointed in the way things are going. So, uh, again, in in a new classic rock sense, you know, Tenta Mojo has their own little protest song. You know, that's part of rock and roll history, though. There's so think, many, you know, rock and music has been used as protest vehicles for a long time. You know, just to be able to say that we love America, but we, we miss, you know, so many things about it that we wish that would be back, you know, and, and that we love it and we want it to be great, you know. And it's, it's clever that you kind of got like a moderate kind of you don't really come out and say, you know, so nobody gets yeah. alienated or whatever. So, right. Right. Because cool. it's not a, it's not about that. It's about all of us being together. Right, right on. Right That's on. what it's about. Yeah. Has the songwriting changed at all with with different lead singers or? Well, well, definitely the singers have influence on it. But I got to say the songwriting due to the influences of the band have been pretty steady, you know, pretty steady. Um but, you know, we're, we're human beings, you know, we, we have emotions and we, uh, you know, talking about American honey as a protest tune, you know, we, we pay attention to the signs and we're affected by it. Like anybody else, we might write about it. We might not, you know, but it's always there, you know, that's art, you know, you're a reflection of your times in a lot of ways, you know. One of my favorite tunes off the first record is the South Side of Heaven. Yeah, a great tune that a lot of people talk about. It's about being a bit of a rebel, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and still being a good dude. So, okay. you know, you're a rebel. You're going to go to heaven because you're not a completely rotten person. But they're <laughs> going to they're going to put you on the south side of heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the wrong side of the tracks of heaven. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're good, bad, not evil. Right, you know? right. That's, you know yeah. what? That's probably the best place to be, to be honest with you. It's probably a lot of fun. Yeah, that's where the, reb- that's where the rebels are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so where do, you, where do you see you guys fitting in, like, in the New York music scene? And, and also along with that, is there, is there a good amount of camaraderie there in New York City? Or is there competition? Is there well, is it even cutthroat? I- is it... I don't feel like it's cutthroat at all. There's a healthy amount of competition, but for the most part, we all try to play together. We all try to arrange bills together so we can have the maximum amount of people there. I think it's a good scene. I think the bands support each other for the most part, you know, where we fit in. I'm not sure. It's hard to say, but I know that we have, we're defined. We know who we are. We know what our sound is. So who else uh, besides you and Jane Lee Hooker, uh, I know I have to look here. I should know. I don't know off the top of my head. There was another band that I talked to that I sent maybe Paul had posted about, but who, who else, what other bands in that scene like fit in with you guys in that kind of genre, that kind of. Music? Well, we, we, we play with kill code often honor among thieves. Um, you know, Tommy London, whatever project he might be a part of at the time. You know, we play with bands like that. Uh, Lizzie and the Makers. Yeah, yeah, we've contacted Lizzie and the Makers. That's yeah. one band we're going to actually have on here soon. Yeah, ex- excellent band. Um, well, they've got know. the Rob Cloris connection. We've had Rob on already and, you know, talked, to, spoke about his split second meltdown project. The Crows, yeah. like good dude. Really good dude. Great piano player and a great guy. And, and yeah, Rob stuff. Um, 
there's a whole, you know, Pisser, Toasted, which is Eric Jack's band with uh, Frank from uh, that's now playing with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of cool bands. Kill Code is a band we play with a lot that we love. Um, Grim Jack, band there from Long Island. Grim Jack, because I was trying yeah. to remember them. Yeah, Grim Jack is a band. We're, we're going to be playing with them July 30th at a brand new venue in Long Island called Barnum Ballroom. Um, I think it's going to be full capacity. So I'm looking at your show poster yeah. for that right now at uh, yeah. Island Park, New York. Yeah. The Barnum yes. Ballroom. It's greatest show on earth. So they're doing that whole circus thing. Yeah, we're doing that. Um, those were the, 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 the people that are booking that and running that were the people that used to do Revolution. And we used to play there a lot in Long Island. We opened for Molly Hatchet there. All right. We opened, we opened for Enough's Enough there. Nice. Yeah, we opened for Saliva there. And I'm sure I'm forgetting some shows, but uh, we're still working with those folks. That's their new place, and we'll be there on the 30th. Right. Enough's enough. Now, that's a band that's super talented, but, man, they just did not seem to get that mainstream push that a lot of bands got. But, man, they were good. I mean, at the time, I guess, maybe not, but they still got nostalgia, right? They're still playing. People are they're still coming to – I'm in Columbus, Ohio, just outside of – they're coming with Enough's Enough with Faster Pussycat coming this summer i just i just got a show notice for that right on so i'm from columbus ohio i've been there i know i played scully's on scully's diner yeah (laughs) the diner with the stage in the back yeah on high street yep right yep right down the street i guess from ohio state university correct yeah on the street yeah it's a cool area i've got some memories of columbus (laughs) it's a college town it's a college town my son's getting ready to go there he's graduating high school this saturday and he's off to Ohio State. That's fantastic. That's great. Never thought I'd have one of my kids go to Ohio State. I didn't go there, but you know. Why why not? The Buckeyes. Yeah. (laughs) So now, now, like, I'm legally required. Anybody screams out OH, I have to say IO now because I I give them money. Right before you eat eat a perch sandwich or or from Lake Erie. Or a fried bologna sandwich. <laughs> we do have a couple like little, you know, little towny bars that specialize in thick cut fried bologna sandwiches. I know. It's a phenomenon. I know. <laughs> and meanwhile, in New York, you know, they've never heard of that. You would say that. They would be like, what are you talking about? You know what Too I mean? Too much like, culture. Too many different cultures in New yeah, York. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. They Brian, do you never... fried bologna in North Dakota? Uh, yeah. They I, like Maybe I have yeah, I, if I do, not I North, North Dakota delicacy. Delicacy? No, he's right. in North Dakota. I'm in Ohio. Yeah, I think North Dakota is probably strictly steak, right? Steaks and you know, <laughs> reindeer. What kind of shit do you guys yeah. have? Yeah. There? <laughs> I know it's cold. Yetis. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Su- sushi. You know, <laughs> North North Dakota pre frozen. Yeah. We're not hip here. That's, that's, why, that's why I have a podcast. So you guys are, you guys are funny. That get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if the podcast thing doesn't work out, we're going to take the show on the road as a comedy comedy duo. Maybe I think you could do it. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. Tell us about Brooklyn because we hear so much about Brooklyn. It's this new, you know, it's the you'll read it like Rolling Stone had like an article a while ago about like you know, the next five cities that are going to be the next Nashville or whatever. Is that more hype than? Well, no, I mean, Brooklyn, I mean, 
uh, Brooklyn's been coming on for quite a while. Manhattan has become the island of uh, no neighborhoods. It's, um, you know, it's, it's big money. So the neighborhoods that were a part of Manhattan maybe 20 years ago have been pushed into the boroughs, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. So Brooklyn's got more of a neighborhood feel to it, but it also has the influx of people who are making big money in Manhattan. So they're taking these beautiful brownstones and they're renovating them. They're opening all these really boutique kind of not only bars, restaurants, but clothing stores, furniture stores. You have a lot of craftsmen, people that still do stuff by hand. So I can see why they're saying it's that. Also, you have people moving there from different parts of the country because they want to they want to be a part of, of that vibrant uh, neighborhood growth. And who knows what comes out of that, you know, whether it's a certain kind of music or art or design could be even in the world of fashion. Who knows? You know what I mean? But it's got that kind of energy. You know, the the neighborhood has that kind of energy where anything can happen at any moment. You know, somebody could, you know, think of something or, you know, some band could come together in this neighborhood that could really change music or, you know, that kind of stuff. So are it's an open? Artist. Yeah. It's are they artist. open? Like to have you guys come play or? Um, um, yeah, we've played in Brooklyn before, usually some of the bigger places, they got some smaller places, but it's definitely an artistic community, definitely bohemian, you know, grassroots, maybe something you'd find in Portland or Seattle more than you would find in Los okay. Angeles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? About. Yeah. Yeah. So like that. So you're calling it a hipster neighborhood. Is what I <laughs> it's, hear. A, it's hipster, but it's, 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 it's got, cool hipster. Ener- got energy though. It's got energy. You know, they they want to be creative. They want to, you know, they're, as they're a New Yorker, pushing the envelope a little bit. As a New Yorker, like, where would you say is the more tougher kind of? Because you got, I, I I don't know if I'm over imagining this, but it seems like there's always this contrast of Los Angeles is like brighter and glitzier as far as music and that kind of attitude. Where where New York is tougher. I can quote. I remember reading or either hearing or reading. Uh, an interview with Peter Chris, and he said when Kiss, when those guys went out there in the early seventies, like they like they didn't like LA because they were tough guys from New York. So is there with everybody saying Brooklyn is the place to be? Like, what would you say is the you know what you would consider where tougher kind of bands are coming from, or the more they're like the real super hardcore blues scene? I, w- I would say it would definitely be more New York than L.A. L.A., of course, they don't have winter. So, they don't, you know, they don't suffer through winters. So they, <laughs> they you know, I mean, L.A. is beautiful. But within saying that, the, the seat of the music business is still in Los Angeles. Most of the record companies, the booking agencies, they're all headquartered in L.A. So even if you are a band from New York and you know you have that street hardened sound you will eventually find yourself working with somebody out in Los Angeles but they seem to cultivate a different sound it's true it's definitely true where's where's Gary Clark Jr. from Uh, Austin Austin, isn't he Austin right so Austin Austin's another town I think that's got that gritty kind of sound you know I haven't heard too many bands out of Chicago in a while that I can say I just haven't. Maybe I'm missing missing on that. But oh, the Steepwater uh, Band. Yeah, you know that 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 kind of dirty down and dirty blues. You know, 
um, almost Texas blues kind of sound like Gary Clark Jr., you know. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say it's more the Eastern cities than the Western cities for sure. But any particular place, any particular part of New York that you would say is like more actual, real, guttural, rough and tumble, rock and roll, blues than rather than Brooklyn? I, I'm going to have to, you know, say either the Lower East Side or Brooklyn, yeah. which are only separated by one bridge. You know, I think if you put it down to miles, it'd probably be under three miles. But right. Those two neighborhoods seem to be the ones that put put out that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and where would we? Where would you say like there's the real a lot of like real authentic blues? Authentic blues, or just well, you know just like just blues, you know blues based Chicago blues. You know, or is there one place where a lot of the blues players are are located out there? Or? In New York, not really. I no. wish we had. I wish we had more of a blues club. But most of our most of our stuff is rock influenced blues. It's not straight blues. You know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much Lower East Side. I mean, those were the those are the venues that even the Brooklyn bands want to come and play. You know, right. uh, whether it's Mercury Lounge, Bowery Ballroom, Gramercy Theater, Irving Plaza, Arlene's Grocery. Those are all still New York City you know, Lower East Side clubs. Uh, yeah. Right on. So to have like some Southern rock and blues band based out of New York City, you know, we talked, we spoke with Tina and Tracy from Janie Lee Hooker a little bit about that. Like you don't often think of New York City as like, hey, this would be a great haven for Southern rock or blues based rock music. Like, I mean, what makes New York right now? I mean, it's pretty happening. That's pretty true that you should say that. You wouldn't think of New York. Right. You know, think of punk um, or like, you know, other things, but not like Southern rock or blues rock. I think after all the iterations of rock music, I think a lot of the accomplished musicians in town have kind of like gotten back to their roots. They just want to do classic kind of, you know, it's rock, straight up rock, man. No, right. Just rock. You know, and not have the crazy chord changes. Just do what the blues man did, you know, do the obvious chord change have the good guitar players to make it work and the vocals have the singers. Jane Lee Hooker's singer is great. Oh, you know, yeah, I mean, really. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, the vocals, I think, and that's a big part of, of Dave's the good on your band too. You know, I mean, that's, that's oh, a big man. piece of it. Yeah. That's a big part of the classic rock blues rock sound is having the vocal, you know, having that, that, that singer. Well, that, and also like, you guys also like Jane Lee Hooker because I'm comparing you guys a lot because you're very similar. You've got kind of the, the dual lead guitar style players in your band too, yep. right? Yep. Kind of keep it fresh. You know, everybody gets a chance and it also, it keeps it fresh, you know, whereas you have one guy, one style, we have two guys, two styles. They have, they have, you know, both guitar players, two styles. Do you guys model yourself out like, like any particular band with guitar duos, like, are you like an Allman brother band or are you like, is there anything where well, you just do your own thing? We love Skinner. We love Skinner. Everybody from New York loves Skinner. Again, you wouldn't think like New York city people I love know. Skinner, but not true. You think, do. I know you would think New Yorkers would be more punk rockers, you know, but not, um, yeah, <laughs> we, sure. we, we love Skinner. Um, and so we work on some of the dual guitar stuff and, 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 you know, we, we work on switching off and, and phrasing and, and the things that the Southern rock guys were doing that we love. Uh, we both love Zeppelin. We both love Jimmy Page. Um, so we have a lot in common as guitar players. So when we sit down and we work out parts, 
we find ourselves agreeing on a lot of stuff, you know? Well, and it's probably good too, because it doesn't sound like either of you two really have egos where you're happy to support something somebody's doing and then step in the spotlight where you can. Yeah, we, we totally support each other, give each other ideas, you know, meet on the side, have our little side guitar player meetings to do our thing. You know, we do all of that. So what what do the other guys from the band, what are they bringing? What kind of backgrounds are they bringing? Like, how does this kind of 10-ton mojo merge the sound together? Well, well, Paul Kane's a pretty accomplished drummer. He's played on a bunch of different stuff. Uh, he plays still to this day, plays with country bands and different bands. Oh, okay. All over the tri-state area. He's a, he's 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 one of the recognized as one of the best drummers in New York City on the rock scene. Our bass player Chris Laubis has been a veteran of the New York City rock scene for years. He used to be a glam bass player in a lot of bands. He also fronted a few bands and sang. So he's a pretty decent singer. He does a lot of our backing vocals. He's our bass player. Uh, Christian plays in a lot of was his background was pretty much heavy metal before he joined our band. But he wanted to play classic rock and be in a classic rock band. Dave's from Long Island. He's played in a lot of bands out there. Uh, He's got the whole classic rock sound and look and everything we wanted in a singer. And he was the last guy to join. And and, uh, he completed us after all our member changes. We really needed Dave. Well, man, if the rest of the record's like this first single, I think everybody's going to be in for a a treat. Sure, because I'm really digging this one. Right on, man. Thank you. So with you guys being New York boys, we had, we've had another new, we've had a lot of, well, not a lot, some, we've had three people really that represent New York on air. Flores, I, even though he really lives in New Jersey, but does a lot of stuff in New York and Jane Lee Hooker. And then Andy Aldor. Do you guys know Andy? Yeah, I know Andy. Yeah. I think Andy knows everybody. Right. <laughs> of course. Right on. There's, he, that guy has stories for, you know, yeah. years, I think need a full weekend at the bar to get all the stories in. Oh, we know? spoke to him forever. Yeah. I spoke to him oh, on the phone privately. Nice. Part two's coming this summer, Brian, I think, with Andy Aldor at part two. Oh, for sure. <laughs> nice. So and he's a Long home? Island guy. Do you guys get out to the island and play? Yeah, we do. Um, we've been playing out there a lot, especially since Dave's been in the band. Like I said, our next gig. Uh, the Bart does. Barney, what is it called? Uh, Barney Barney Ballroom. Ballroom on there July 30th. Yeah, that'll be happening on the 30th, and uh, we're really looking forward to that, man. We're really looking forward to getting out in there and playing. So how far out uh, elsewhere do you guys play? Like, uh, how far out in the country? And I mean, we've been to L.A., we've been to San Francisco, we've played the Viper Room in L.A. Nice. Um, yeah. We had a great show there. We, we we were ready to go back out there and play again when the whole pandemic hit. So we're hoping to get back out to the West Coast, do a little West Coast tour one more time. Uh, on the East Coast, you know, down to Philly, up to Boston kind of thing. And Columbus, uh, Scully's. Don't forget Scully's. I'll come watch oh, you man. guys. I know. I'll try, to get a book. I'll try to get booked there again. Why not? I'll grab my son and his friends. Come on, we're going to Scully's. Why not? You have a burger in the front and go in the back and see the band in the back. It's, it is kind of a cool place. I had um, one of my friends was a founding member and a longtime player in uh, a band called Hawthorne Heights, which I don't know if you're from. They were screamo, not emo, but they had a little bit of success for a while. I did see them on their downswing at Scully's and it was a good time. But what is the big band from uh, Columbus? They have one band. That OAR. Came... OAR and there's one other band, though. From the 80s, I think. 
can't remember their name. Hmm. I'm originally from Cincinnati, so my right. Columbus history is not great. Yeah, I I think they're from Columbus anyway. But could anyway, have been. I know well, you got know. people all over Ohio. Though you got like the Black Creek Keys from like the Akron Canton area, and yeah. you had um, Chrissy Hine. I think is from up from that area Cleveland. as well too, and Cleveland or something. Yeah, yeah up, up in that neck of the woods. But we just had it on last week Noah Hunt who's the singer from the Kenny Wayne Shepherd band and does other stuff. He's from Cincinnati. Cincinnati guy still lives there. Cool. I like Cincinnati. Yeah, it's a good place, man. I dig it. I miss it. I'd move back there one day if I got a chance. Sure. Columbus is cool, though. Columbus is is a little bit more northern. Cincinnati is a little bit more southern. Yes. And we talked about that, right, Brian? Like, we talked about how people from from Cincinnati and stuff kind of get that scene. But enough about Ohio again. Uh, talk about you <laughs> all right any other any other like non-new york city bands that you that you've played with when you're going elsewhere that have you know made an impression on you well i mean yeah there's a band called smash fashion out of la that i like a lot um there's a band called joker five speed they're kind of an older band but they get back together sometime bare knuckle evangelist was another band i like but I wish my memory was a little bit more fresh, but it's been like a year since we've been able to get out sure. there you know, and play. Those are just a couple of bands off the top of my head that I, that I really like playing with. Right on. So Jason, are we getting close to that part of the show where you, Jason, let's I, do a little uh, uh, lightning round and bizarre questions here. Go not, for it. Not bizarre, but yeah, we do a right light lightning round for the back half of this where it's, Quick questions, quick answers. First thing that comes to your mind, and it's a little right. bit more fun. Go for it. All right, I'm going to reverse the order of some of these this time, Brian, so you don't predict what I'm going to ask. But Mets or Yankees? Mets. Nice. I'm a National League guy. I hate the Yankees. Good call, Scott. I like you. Good. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the best venue to play in New York City? Best venue in New York City. For you to play, like where if you would go play somewhere, what's your favorite? Bowery Ballroom. Bowery Ballroom, man. Like there's a lot. There's they've had a lot of great bands. I think the Crows has gone through there. Like Brian and I are big Crows fans. Man, it, it's it's got it's got the feel of a of a theater, but the intimacy of a club, and it's got great sound. Nice. So where's that located in, in New York? It's right. It's right on Houston and Bowery. So right on the corner with Third Avenue. When you cross Houston, turns into Bowery, and it's right on the corner there. Okay. Well, I would love to see a show there sometime. So I'm going to mark that down. Right on. Um, what's your favorite all-time venue to play in? My favorite all-time venue. Mm-hmm. Um. All-time venue. I really like playing at the Troubadour in L.A. I thought yeah. that was a great venue to play in. Yeah. Really, is that, really. Is that on the Strip? Where is that located in L.A.? Um, It's not on the Strip. I don't know the name of the street. I want to say Third Street, maybe. But it's not on Sunset Strip. I know that. Okay. But it's a, it's, it was a really cool venue. Uh, it's called the Troubadour. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great place. Great stage, great sound, perfect size. Again, you know, perfect size place. So like the West coast equivalent, almost of the Bowery ballroom. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. What is your favorite dining spot in New York? 
My favorite place to eat? Yeah. Mm. Could be Are you anything. a diner guy or something else? Man, that could be anything from like a pizzeria to like a real restaurant. You, um, Brian and I show up to New York and you're like, this is where I, this is where I want to go because I like this. All right, I like this place called Takahashi on Avenue A between 5th and 6th Street. It's a Japanese restaurant. Good the Sushi, noodles, what do we got? They got everything. All of it. Takahashi. Yep. Sounds like a winner. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite place to eat on the road in any, in any city? On the road in any city? Well, I mean, I tend to, you know, when in Rome, I do, you know, if I'm down south, I do barbecue. If I'm, you know, in Indiana, I'll have a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> That's a good answer. Like, I like, you know, so I can't really. The local fair. I can't name a restaurant, unfortunately. Okay. What is your favorite guitar brand? Gibson. Ah, and what makes Gibson so good? I'm a big Gibson guy. Um, I don't know what makes Gibson so good, um, except for me. I could say for me, I like the feel, the tone, the wood, the neck through construction of a Les Paul. Are you the, a 50s or 60s style neck? I like... Um, a 60s profile neck. Okay, a little thinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little thinner, yeah. A little faster. A little faster. I have both. I have one of each. Um, but I do own some fenders. I'm not yeah. a, I'm not opposed I to I like fender. fender. I got some fenders and Gibsons behind yep. me here. I see that. I see it, that. Is your what's your favorite Gibson guitar? Gibson Les Paul standard. Les Paul. Okay. Right. A, a stand. So Which is full you know, on humbucker, not the P90s like my little TV yellow behind. I've got a Les yeah. Paul over there too. But I, yeah, I have I have a Les Paul special with P90s, but my favorite guitar, my go-to guitar, is a Les Paul standard, rosewood fingerboard, two humbuckers. You know, classic as you can get. That's it. That's the that's the one. You got a finish you prefer? Well, I like a sunburst top. You know, I like a nice flame on the guitar. Uh, you know, uh, iced tea is a beautiful Ice finish. Iced tea, oh yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. All right. See, you're answering all these questions the right way, so you're welcome back anytime. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite all-time guitarist? Uh, I would have to say Jimmy Page is my favorite guitarist. Do you have a particular song of his or a riff or solo you like to play? I love the ending solo at the end of Black Dog because I love. Oh the yeah, I right love on. the. Spring. I love the phrasing of it. Yeah. Do you guys break into these one with 10 ton mojo at all? Once in a while in rehearsal, we'll do it. I think once upon a time we used to cover rock and roll, but it kind of faded from the set there. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's good shit though, man. Like, like yeah. playing page stuff is fantastic. Oh yeah. I love it, man. Big fan. And that's also how you learn to have multiple guitar tunings. <laughs> like what the hell key is this? Thing? Tunings and tones and all that. Yeah. You know, who is your, what's the favorite act that you've played with on a bill? Favorite act I've played with on a bill? And you've had some good um, ones too. We talked about Enough's Enough. Um, you've John Five. You've had, yeah, you John know, Kicks. You've had all sorts of bands. I would have to say, I'd have to say Kicks was my favorite band to play with because it's mostly the original members of the band. They put on a great show and we had awesome. a really great, a really great show with them. Yeah. I've Brian, seen you've once. seen those guys play I've live. Seen once. I'm going to see them again this summer. They're playing in town here. Yeah, they they they're they're great, man. I think they Steve Whiteman is right out of the school of Mick Jagger. Totally, man. Yeah. And they still got and the guitar players, you know, Brian and, and I mean, they're just really, really a great band. 
Really a great fan. And we talked about Enough's Enough being a little underappreciated. I think Kicks really yeah. was, too. They had some really good songs and just sort of not, just didn't hit it big. Right. I mean, there was, I guess there was just, you know, it was Guns N' Roses and everybody else back There's then. There's a lot of competition. Yeah. Sure. Okay. What is, um, what is a guitar riff or solo that you wish you'd written? Oh, man, a whole bunch of them. <laughs> um, I love the riff to Dancing Days. Here's a, here's one that I love. I love the riff to Hair of Dog by Nazareth. Yeah. There's been a shit ton of bands that have covered that song, hasn't yeah. there? I love Rock Candy by Montrose. Those are some great guitar riffs. Oh, right my there. God. Hell, yeah. yeah. Um, what, is the, what is an album that really got you wanting to play guitar? Um, early on, you know, probably Zeppelin II. With the, when I heard Jimmy Page do that break in Heartbreaker, even though I was probably a, a child, was I like nine years old? I was like, oh, my God, what a sound. He's all playing all by himself. The whole band's popped and he's playing by himself. I was like, all right, I got to learn how to do that. <laughs> that, that. I thought it was super cool. You know, of course, Eruption by Van Halen. I was, you know in the eighth grade or something when I heard that. I'm still blown away by that when I hear it. Who is still? that? I mean, it's so crazy. To hear, like, uh, what does I'm, that sound? I'm still floored by that when I hear it. I'm like, wow, what a, what a piece of music that is, you know? What's your first record you remember owning, buying? Uh, Toys in the Attic by, by yeah. Aerosmith. Yeah. I bought, I bought it with my own money. That's why I remember it. Nice. So, uh, I can remember playing it and staring at it. Like, like a cover? A, like, yeah, like something was going to happen, you know, but nothing happened. But I just remember, you know, just that feeling of just yeah. holding the record and star- reading it and reading the names of the guys in the band and, you know, and the record to this day. I love that record. Where know? did you buy it? Um, I want to say I bought it at a record store called Sam Goody. Sam Goody, yeah. These used to be yeah. in like malls and strip malls and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Man, remember that when music stores used to be in malls? Remember when we used to have malls? I remember when we used to have, yeah, album. Well, you know what? In, in a big city like New York, New York, you know, vinyl's coming back. We have some mom and pop stores that are specializing in vinyl. Uh, vinyl's making a big comeback. It is, really? man. Columbus, yeah. downtown Columbus, especially around Ohio State, there, there are plenty of record shops around there. I've gone to a couple. I've yeah, got, I've got rocks on vinyl. I don't have toys. Do you really? Yep. That's a good. That's a good album. No, they're great. Album. Yeah, no, they're I great. love Aerosmith. I mean, they, they hardly have, except for some of the later stuff. Really, really bad stuff. I mean, you know, well, their their seventies stuff is amazing. You know, the stuff that they made in the seventies was great. That's Toys in the Attic, Rocks. You know, Draw the Line. Uh, you know, all those records are just great records for sure. For sure. All right. If you could play with one band or performer for one night, who would it be? Oh, I think I'd like to play with the Black Crows for a night. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's the first person out of everybody that right, said the Black yeah. Crows. And that's yeah. like what I would choose. Because they have so many, they have the keyboard player and they've got like, you know, like a lot of cool dynamics going on. I'd love to, and I love their songwriting and I love uh, Chris as a singer. So, that oh would my be God. Really, one of the best be real, men ever. Be really great to play with them. <clears throat> I would as, I would have bet money and lost that you were going to say Leonard Skinner. We've had a couple of people already say Skinner and I would have, that would have been my call for you. 
Well, I could see that. And I would, I would be honored to do that as well. But, you know, the Black Crows would be really fun to play with. Do you have a particular song or songs that you would want to want to jam on? Not, not really, but I would, I would definitely like to play with them. You know, they, they've got some cool guitar stuff happening. They I do. Love this, I love the record they did with Jimmy Page. Oh I mean, my God. That's, yeah. That may be my favorite live album of all time. It, pretty, it's, pretty it's up damn there. good. Yeah. And for them to do justice to Zeppelin with whether it's Chris singing or the rest of the band, like Gorman just crushing it on the drums, like, yeah, that's pretty phenomenal, man. And be kind of handpicked by Jimmy. Yeah. I, I can't resist this opportunity. I take you guys opening over Dirty Honey. But that's what I'm going to say. No controversy. Right on. <laughs> Brian's angry at Dirty Honey. I am not yeah. angry. Hey, listen, they were offered a key spot on this no, podcast, know, and they I said know. no. Oh, man. <laughs> but we like 10-ton mojo better. Hmm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, no, the Crow stuff is great. Now, do you do you delve into any, like, open G tunings, open E, alternate tunings like Bridge does uh, or Jimmy? Well, well yeah, we, we, we have um, – we're in E-flat all the okay. time. All right. So we do some drop tuning, which brings us down to C-sharp. And uh, we had some open G stuff that we we've done. We haven't released any of it yet. And uh, we did maybe a little bit of that dad gad tuning. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That but, is, you know, uh, dad gad. That was, um, I think that would be, um, oh gosh, don't. It's cashmere. Cashmere. Yep. It's, it's real specific. So once you tune your guitar that way, you're kind of locked into a certain way of playing. It's open, like all shapes at that point, really, isn't it? Like, there's not a whole lot of like, like yeah. a lot of barring and shape. Yeah. It's, it's it's different, you know. But it's very difficult to solo in those keys, obviously, because the tuning's funny. But well, you know. yeah, yeah. At least open G, you've got kind of those three middle strings that you can kind of rely on to, to right. you, you know, to do some stuff in a minor or something if you had to, or even a little bit of major. But yeah. I don't know how you would solo in Dad Gad at all. You don't. I don't think you did. You just drone the strings and like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you play sitar. basically. Yeah. There yeah. you go. See, yeah. See, I, Brian, I always love shop talk when we get guitar players on. It's one of my favorite we things to, to do. We got to have some gear talk. Got to have, you know, I talk yeah. like I'm a good guitar player. I'm not, but I like to hear from good guitar players. Yeah. So like in those tunings, you have to change your approach and your shapes, like you said, but you know, you have to have the right, composition to suit the tuning so you know those are all experimental in a lot of ways right and i'm always like okay so what does the if you have a second guitar player are they changing the tuning or do they know how to play in that what's the bass player doing are they still playing the standard like like what goes on you could do that you can do that you could have he could stay standard on bass and or the even the other guitar player could stay standard while one guy's out but, you know, that's all on how you arrange the parts. But, yes, that's mathematically possible. <laughs> it's always like going back to the Crows, um, you know, Rich would always do these crazy tunings. And then whoever, whether it's Mark or Luther or, you know, anybody else, oddly, any, like a lot of those times those guys are playing in standard tuning. So it always yeah. like, yeah, how do they just, do that? They just transpose it. It's totally, yeah. it's totally. Well, they're odd. good musicians, unlike me. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's when you get into something called timber, which is really the same note with a little bit of a different tone to it because of the tuning and the two guitars working together. It's fun stuff. 
I'm sure it is because, you know, you can get locked into playing the standard stuff all the time. But when somebody does something different, it probably challenges your brain in a unique way to kind of figure that out, right? Yeah. And then you hear that stuff when you're fleshing it out with the band and it could open up doors to like whole other parts and stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's really cool. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite amp setup? Well, I'm a Marshall guy. So I like Marshall single channel, uh, either a JCM uh, 800 or a J. A little kick to that. Yep. Uh, usually use the preamp a little hotter than the master volume. And uh, yeah, that's my that's my favorite setup. Do you have a, uh, better, a favorite pedal? Uh, not really. I use a couple of pedals together. I kind of gain stack my pedals. Okay. Um, uh, right now I'm using a Wampler Tumnus, which is like a Klon knockoff to drive the amp a little harder. And then I, I love Echoplex stuff. So I have like a, a faux Echoplex loop where I boost it and add a little delay for the solos. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty classic stuff, really. Like, you're yeah, not pretty, too crazy. Not too crazy. Marshalls, Les Pauls, Echoplexes. Rock, that's a rock <laughs> sound. I mean, that's a rock yeah. sound, right? I mean, like, come on. You yeah, just, it's hard it. to get better than that. That's it, man. All right. What's a guilty pleasure song or artist for you? Well, I like folk music. So, and I, I love like 60s stuff. So I'll listen to, uh, Maybe some acoustic Neil Young, or maybe even the Mamas and the Papas, or Joan Baez. Yeah, well, yeah, Zeppelin yeah. loved Joan Baez ton, right? Yeah, yeah. I like all the. Uh, I like a lot of the acoustic guitar work, so I'll listen to some of that. I like listening to that stuff. Was Babe? I'm going to leave you. Was that a Baez song that they did? I they covered it for somebody, right? I, I think no. I think it might be their tune, but obviously. It's very inspired. Yeah. You know, by, by Joan Baez or even Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. One, like I know they like Baez and Mitchell, but like, yeah, yeah sure. I think Paige might've played on something of Joni Mitchell's uh, once upon a time, but it's, um, I like that era of folk music, that late sixties, early seventies acoustic kind of rock. I think is really cool. When you chat about, you know, um, American Honey is your protest song. I mean, that's right in the wheelhouse. Of, like, those were all the protest songs were coming out then. That was it, man. Social commentary. All right. My last question on the, the Jason lightning round is a little bit longer. Could elaborate a little bit more, but give us a good tour or show story that sticks out in your mind. It could be funny, something bad, something good happened. You call it something that really sticks out. Okay. I remember doing a show one time. Um, down in, um, Texas, I think it was right outside Dallas, but not in Dallas, some small place. And then after the show, we went into Dallas and I went, I saw Buddy Guy play in this small club. And it was like an amazing night between the show and then seeing him play afterwards and catching his set. It was, it was really something else, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was pretty awesome. old at that point. Like, like, how do you sound? Amazing, amazing, you know, amazing. Guy was just amazing. We'll have to hook you up with JD Simo, who has some experience with some legendary blues players and and interesting yeah. stories about those, right, Brian? Oh, for sure. <laughs> you got to talk to JD. Do you know JD? <laughs> have you heard JD's music? 
Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm he's not a blues sure. guy out of like now he's in Nashville, but he's a, he's a, a interesting cat. Like he's a, he's cosmic. Right on. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you for the lightning round. I really appreciated that. Um, Thanks, man. Where do we go to find out more about your music? Like, we go to a webpage, tell us where to direct traffic. Well, of course, you could always go to www.tentonmojo.com, find out what's going on with the band, check out the latest photos, links to it's our... It's a well-done website, man. Like, really, really nice. Yeah, easy to link to any any other social media from that page. Also, stream us from Spotify, like us on Facebook, check out our YouTube channel. And like I said, you can grab all of that from our website, tentonmojo.com. Uh, Got some nice merch. You have signed frame poster, shirts, yep. hats, underwear, glasses. You got it all, man. Something for the girls, the guys, the kids. <laughs> it's everybody. Like great family entertainment shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mojo, the family yeah. rock band from NYC. Right on, man. Thanks a lot. Take care, thank you. guys. Well, thank you, Scott Lano from Ten Ton Mojo out of New York City. Thank you so much. And uh, I know the listeners appreciated uh, hearing you. So thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot to us. And uh, Great band. Check them out. Definitely. We want to have people back on when we can. We'd like to do a New York City roundtable. See if we can't get Tracy, you, get Rob, get whoever else, and we'll do a New York City roundtable episode at some point. Would you be that sounds that? great. I would totally be up for that. That sounds fun. Right on, right on. All right, Scott Lano from Ten Ton Mojo. Uh, thank you again, and if you don't mind hanging out here for a couple of minutes, sure, we appreciate that. Thanks to Scott Lano for coming on and uh, having a great conversation with us. Uh, very cool, very cool that we have now talked to our third artist from uh, the New York City or New York City area, New Jersey, with. Rob Clores and Tracy and Tina from from uh, Jane Lee Hooker and now uh, Scott Lano from Ten Ton Mojo. It's it's very cool. I'm I'm looking forward to finding some more New York City artists. I w- if you told me that New York City had a great Southern rock blues rock scene, I would have not believed you. But now that we've spoken to these these artists, totally believe it. And there's a lot more for us to discover. It sounds like he uh, Scott gave us a good list of other bands to check out. Yeah, it is. You really kind of find out that. You know, we talk, you know, Southern rock and we know gee, there's a big geographic part of that because all the great music came from that area and is still there. But that as a style, as a genre, isn't just locked in to that area. You know, it's yep. it can be a lot of other places, too. And yeah, and you're really, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Like I wouldn't usually think of New York City as like to do some research on like who's from up there, who, you know, but uh, we're definitely finding out that that's the case. And uh just another great down-to-earth guy to talk to i really do yeah for sure and i really do dig that band that new single really really good i like it a lot i listened to it a couple times today uh man if the rest of the album is like that it's gonna be killer and you know you may be right about the dirty honey thing no offense to this guy oh man you know it's a little tongue-in-cheek you know i know it's i, know. It's, I it maybe come from that kind of old school as man if those guys really earned it you know i don't know no they're a good band they're a good they band. are they yeah. are no 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 shame it's to not, i'm not really obsessed with <laughs> hatred for them it's just it's well we yeah. had to give the inside story yeah, i'm honest <laughs> What we do need to have, and I'm serious, and I've chatted with Rob and, and the Breeze from Jane Lee Hooker still, is like, you guys need to get together and do, like, this this Skinner thing. And, like, you got to get 10-ton mojo to do it, too. And, like, 
Olympics. You know, that would be, I would go to New York City to watch that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Or I want to go to New York City and see some of these guys play at some point when it's safe to get out there and do all mm-hmm. that stuff. But I would love just to see like the tribute to Skinner and, and have all those. That would be amazing. It would be great. It would be great. So tell us more, you know, for those that aren't aware or whatever about the Breeze. Oh, the well, that's what Tina and Tracy call themselves, right? The, the guitar players from right. um, yep. from Jane Lee Hooker, named after the song from the Skinner song, right? Cool. Yeah, call me the Breeze. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. And I didn't catch that, but um, it's funny. When I bought some merch from Jane Lee Hooker, the bass player, and I, I can't remember her name. I'm blanking on it, but she wrote a note. like, hey, thanks for having the breeze on there, you know, they had a lot of fun or we had a lot of fun or whatever. I was like, so they are formally known as the breeze. So I'm going to, I'm going to call them the breeze because that's how they're known. Right. So like next on our list is Lizzie and the makers. We got to get, that is our next New York band. Also with the Rob Flores connection. Like that dude is like the connecting piece of all these, this great rock coming out of that scene. It sounds like. And do we know if he's a permanent member? I have no idea. We need to have Lizzie on and chat with her about that. And that, we will have we will have her on at some point and big question then, i'll write it down until then always remember southern rock is reverent and blues is blood we'll see you next time
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 